What's happening, folks? This is uh, Jason from Talking During Movies. Hey, it's really rare that I do a intro read before uh, the songs come on and everything, but this was a really special and fun Talking During Movies. New friend Jordan and I, we just hit it off. Uh, we didn't really get into the movie Drunken Masters. We kind of tied some things back to it, but we had a fun, in-depth, controversial conversation on religion, on drinking, on parenthood, on being a father, on uh, humility, on understanding, embracing failure. So, you know, I just run with this one. Have some fun, listen away. There's going to be a little background noise and some glitches, and that has to do with, quite honestly, everyone working from home, being on the internet, and that's a part of Skype interviews, man. That just happens. But thanks for listening. Thanks for all the love and support. Uh, hey, go online, colorblind design. Uh, you can follow them on the Instagram. They tag us all the time. We tag them all the time at Talking During Movies and also Dive Bar Austin. Once again, tag them all the time. Go to the Instagram. Go find them. Give them some love. Uh, and your local bar, your uh, your local store. You know, I, I know people are saying go shop. I'm saying go give them some love. If you Don't put yourself in debt. But if you can raise spirits in a different way or, or share something in, in another way, go go do it, man. Uh, just, um, you know, keep your spirits up. I know this is a hard time. It's hard for everybody. It's hard for me, but we're just trying to put out content for you all to enjoy and listen to. So with that said, here's the podcast party, people. Love you. Technical difficulties averted, thanks to your genius. Bravo, my friend. Bravo. Because Zoom so. has secure connections. Encryption, <laughs> <laughs> baby. Encryption. Encryption. Come on now. Gotta protect us. Hey, uh, so one, thank you very much for doing this. This is, uh, I think, a beautiful time, to, A, for people to connect that don't know each other. B, um, we can't meet up and hang out and have a beer and talk about movies. So this is the next best thing. And then see, you chose this movie. So I'm gonna, let me see, I'm gonna open this up over here as well. Got my little thing that I do. You know this movie, I kind of know it, um, but we're doing Drunken Master, the Jackie Chan version. So why, why this movie? What, um, what's, the, what's the play behind it for you? Why do you enjoy this one? Because it was back when cable was the business. <laughs> they used to have like thousands of channels. And every time when I went on Showtime, it was like Showtime on Showtime Beyond. It was 346 back in my teenage years. 
they would usually show like the Jet Li version of Wong Fei Hong, and then you when he was like more mature, you know, it was called mm-hmm. the Legend of Iron Fist or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I used to sit down and watch that during times like these. It wasn't quarantine back in early 2000s, but. <laughs> but it was, you know, a little bit of a lockdown, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> but anytime I was at home, I would always watch. It would always come on and I would watch it so much that it would just be hilarious. Nice. One second here. I apologize. What's up, kiddo? Honey, please go to bed. Okay, it's your bedtime. All right, I love you very much. You're okay. (laughs) The joys of a six-year-old in quarantine, and she's like, why are you having fun? I got to go to bed. This is bullshit, man. (laughs) Come on, you got to stop this nonsense, Dad. (laughs) It's like, we watch some Scooby-Doo, hang out, have a little fun. So, I mean, that's interesting because, you know, I mean, uh, as a, you know, a kid of the 70s and early 80s, born in the 70s and, and uh, growing up in the 80s. I mean, Showtime was like this far off thing, man. You didn't, you couldn't touch Showtime, but we had HBO and that's the old school. Boom, and HBO came on and, you know, it was HBO and USA Networks for me as a kid. And I'm talking like Silk Stockings and uh, Baywatch Nights. And just, oh, yeah. And then, and then in the afternoons with the WGN in USA, I fell in love with karate and kung fu because I got to watch David Carradine. And, uh-huh. um, you know, it was, and dude, it was just, it was in every, every Chuck Norris movie was on USA, man. Delta Force was on there and it was just, it was legit. I, and I remember my Aunt Sally, she let me watch all these karate movies. Uh, the first one that I watched with her was Jim Kata. Mm-hmm. You know, the gymnast that <laughs> learns karate. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I actually remember seeing that movie, man. That, like, that was crazy. That was, that was <laughs> all of them were crazy. All of them were. I mean, you know, it's that those movies were so crazy back then that it made Bloodsport seem like a normal film that people could <laughs> That seems real. <laughs> that seems like a legit thing for sure. Yeah, because during the 60s and 70s, you know, there was a lot of black exploitation and all of that stuff was hilarious. Like, <laughs> all of that stuff was hilarious. You know, you got pepper, pimps and hookers doing kung fu. And <laughs> 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 you just looking around like, what the, what's going on? Everybody just break out. Yeah, or you'd see like, you know, all of a sudden, what, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in that Bruce Lee movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one step away from Elvis in the White House getting his black <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ordered, like, ninja comic books. I was all about it, man. I mean, I, went, I had a throwing star as a kid. You can't buy that stuff. You can't give a, a kid in the third grade a throwing star today. No. I went to school with my pocket knife and my throwing star. Be like, come on. Come on. Who's a ninja? <laughs> Little fat kid running around. Ah, it's got chocolate on it everywhere. <laughs> well, it could, well, um, one of my friends in middle school he used to have a kunai. Oh, shit. I, yeah, exactly, it, it, exactly. Because 
And seeing him try to use it to eat lunch was the most hilarious thing. Stop. Because, you like, tried to use to eat lunch? Uh-huh, yeah, because you know how the kunai is sharp and you tried to <laughs> shave an apple <laughs> try to cut it. <laughs> and no. we were all looking at each other like, yo, no. You got the kunai right now. If we tell the principal, man, you done. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. over. <laughs> you're, you're going to a different kind of preparatory school. It's not going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jordan, where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. That's a fascinating area. Oh, yeah. It's pretty it, It's pretty interesting. It teaches you how to have gears when dealing with people. You know, it, you know, you can hit ignorant, you can hit militant, then you hit casual and professional. You know, you got four different gears that you can hit because it's just such a problem. The economic area is block for block. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Changes, but it doesn't have any transition. You know? Really? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like here in Austin, you know where the rough areas are. You go down East Riverside, you'd be like, oh my goodness, we we are definitely changing scenery. You know, but in Baltimore, it's more so like, okay, then when you hit this turn, you're gonna see the roughest stuff ever. And you hit the turn, and it's like, bend and dun, dun. <laughs> Oh, my God, what is going on here? <laughs> Dude, I've, I mean, I've been told uh, by many people that it is, hands down, the most, one of the most, if not the most racist city in America. I mean, there's still laws on the books in Baltimore where African Americans cannot buy property in certain areas of town. Yeah, that's true. That's, that, dude, that's crazy. Well, You're like, yeah, true. that's true. <laughs> My mind's just going. <laughs> that's true, man. But you know, but you know, like most of Baltimore law is actually an old English law. It follows the precepts of the King's English, which, which you know, they haven't changed. So practically, you go to Baltimore. The whole entire societal climate is practically a neo-feudalistic, <laughs> neo-feudalism of the 1800s. And they just—they're so ignorant to your point that they're like, "We're just—we're staying with it. We're just—we're good. We'll yeah. stay with it." Yeah, yeah, you know, man, and that's why you got to learn how to litigate. You know, <laughs> be a street attorney. Say, okay, okay, okay. So this is an interesting situation. So what you're trying to say is blah, blah, blah. And, and it just gets absolutely, what would you call it? It's a, weird, it's a weird skill set to have because they don't teach that in school. But once you get used to dealing with that level of ignorance and dealing with the old king's English, you get used to it. You get used yeah. to it fast. That's crazy, man. It's like, you don't you know, get taught that in school. There's so much that you don't get taught in school. So now you, um, what brought you out from Baltimore out to Austin, Texas? Actually, it was a startup scene. Okay. And because I really liked startup scene, I heard a lot of hype about Austin. It, it lived up to the hype. What, uh, what kind of startups, what, what are you interested in on the, on the tech side of things or any startup? Maybe it's not even tech, I don't know. I was mainly interested in digital marketing. Okay. I'm still in. Um, what you call it? I, I'm about to go through a mentorship at the Digital Creative Institute, and what you call it? 
And, you know, shout out to Austin Young Chamber of Commerce for hooking me up with extra tours. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, um, what you gonna call it? What, what you call it? Shout out to Rally Austin for all of us banging together and coming up with different speaker series. You know, man, it's just, what, what, what you call it? Right now, it's a beautiful day. Nice. Uh, I, I'm not sure people will are going to revert back to the old feudalistic ways of saying, well, I don't really know you, so I, I, I don't really know, you know? Because <laughs> now it's the time for, like, whatchamacallit, for businesses to actually draft people to see who are really good and really bad, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a prime opportunity. There's, a, there's definitely a, a moment here that we have to not only embrace talent, but yeah. embrace people and understand, and I mean this respectfully, but understand who the real people are. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're gonna weed out a lot of phonies. You're gonna weed out those people that like to connect. I mean, Paul, Johnny Z and I sat down and kicked off Rally Austin, because we like to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Now I don't, you know, it's funny. I mean, I'm a natural Irish drinking hothead and you know they put me in my place sometimes and i put them in their place oh, sometimes wait wait wait, wait 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 hold on wait hold on let's take a quick break okay <laughs> time out time out time out keep going let's go your favorite whiskey of choice top five let's go. i don't drink whiskey huh i don't drink whiskey because it makes well, me I, angry I don't drink whiskey. it makes me angry it makes me a mean drunk i drink tequila. <laughs> okay okay, okay. <laughs> i drink tequila with oranges not limes because limes okay. bring out the earth tones of the oranges, and um, or, or uh, limes bring out the earth tones, and oranges bring out the natural sugars. So it changes the whole dynamic of how the tequila hits your flavor palate. Absolutely, it's it's night and day difference. It's like drinking. It's like going in and grabbing a Hershey bar, and then grabbing cocoa powder, and seeing which one's better. And you're like, oh well, yeah, but the cocoa powder is awful. Yeah, it's awful. For a reason right so you just have to you know you you go through those things and you check them out and you understand and you learn and you know i spent way too much time when i was younger in bars what the heck just happened here my goodness but um you know it's a uh, it's interesting man i mean i just you know i uh, i was very blessed to to kind of learn those things and have some fun and shoot man it's you know so yeah i love tequila and beer uh not a big fan of um of any uh of whiskey although i will put whiskey on um, my pecan pie instead of whipped cream uh-huh i'll do a whiskey okay. floater on some pecan pie and turn the lights out that's delicious <laughs> uh, well like well like for me i grew up roman catholic so i have a huge wine affinity Ooh, uh, okay you know, uh, sad, you know, I, I really hate sangria. I don't know why. I just look at it and I'm like, how how dare you? <laughs> because, we, because you know, everyone, everyone that I've hung around, especially females, they're like, let's drink some sangria. And you're like, yeah, no, no, no. Been the 20th time. But um, I, don't, I don't do fruit salads in my wine either. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> um, okay. Um, but. I do like the Tennessee honey bourbon. Okay. Uh, what you call it? I've heard I've heard of this other kind of real nutty whiskey. 
pretty good. I can't remember the name right now. Um, but I am a huge fan. You know, let's call it. Let's call it. I I guess still got that college kid nostalgia of Red Bull and vodka. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's you call it? Coca Cola, some gin, and a little bit of tequila. You know, the sugar cookie thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do. Uh, wine's good, man. I love wine. I'm a big fan of wine. I'll crack open a nice bottle of red and sit down and make pizzas for the family, make everything from scratch. It's good. You know, it's a, uh, I, li- I like the community, you know, and I, ca- I, I, I cautiously say this, right? I like the community of, of what um, having a couple of drinks can have. I understand the pain of people that uh, don't, um, can't experience that same thing, you know, and they've got a, they can't have a drink at all or, or whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, for the people that can handle themselves and, you know, don't get drunk every time they put some booze to their lips, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful community of opening up, sitting down, having a nice glass of red and just talking by the fireplace or, you know, just hanging out and just relaxing and having a nice beer. It's just, there's something about that. That's, that's magical. Okay. Yeah. Because like, because like, Speaking of having beer, there's mm-hmm. one beer I miss from being in Baltimore, and there's one activity I miss that Austin doesn't have. I, I love going to the Orioles games or like a baseball game. Mm-hmm. It's sitting down with some friends and just watching the game and laughing at the miscues of the communication of between the players. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's true. There is... A, a food at a baseball game, stuff you wouldn't eat at home, tastes amazing at a baseball game. And those beers on those beautiful sunny days or those cool evenings and the crack of the bat, there's nothing better. I spent what uh, almost 20 years in uh, Newport Beach and I'd drive up and see Dodgers games and drives down and see Padres games. Yeah, see, 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 see the simple things. <laughs> those simple things. <laughs> it's that simple life, man. It really is. And it's, and you don't, you don't worry about the drive because you're with some friends, you're loaded up in the car and you're just going to go and you're going to have a Dodger dog. And yeah, it costs a lot of money. And yeah, it's a pain in the ass to get up there. And yeah. But as soon as your butts hit those seats, man, it's just laughter and it's fun and it's good times. And it's just camaraderie. Once again, it's that environment of friends and that talking point surrounding it, which is a lot like this, right? I mean, the whole point of talking during movies was I sit on my patio, I put the big screen on, I put a movie on, it's low volume that I've seen a million times and my buddies have, and we'll just be drinking and someone's like, oh, stop, 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 stop. This, is my, this is my spot, this is my spot right here. This is my, well, you guys got to listen to this real quick. And then <laughs> as soon as that happens, like, you know, I was doing Stand By Me with a friend and we're talking about, you know, the, the generation, the baby boomer generation and Gen X and all this stuff. And then it's like, hold on a second. Look at him playing with this gun, this monkey, this idiot, this moron. What is he's just like, he's just going to pull the trigger. What is he doing? Come on. <laughs> and then it goes into, well, have you played with a gun before? I'm like, yeah, I was born in Montana. Shit. I mean, I was shooting 22s out of my window trying to knock down birds when I was eight years old. I was a moron. I mean, you want to talk about just the dumb you know, hey, who's the Cro-Magnon kid over there? I mean, there's like 
you know, Darwin's chain. It's like the monkey, the Cro-Magnon, and then there's that thing in between. They don't know what it is. And that was me at eight with a 22, loading it and shooting it out my bedroom window, trying to hit birds. <laughs> so, but it spun off into stories and it spun off into stories and it spun off and it comes back around, you know, and it's, it's, it's those things that, um, that let people get to know each other at a different level than I would say uh, just sitting down and having a conversation does. There's something about a baseball game and hearing somebody do something. I still remember I was at a Dodgers game. And I mean, this is a long time ago when um, their catcher, I forget the guy's name, Piazza, Mike Piazza. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. (laughs) Piazza's up to bat. Bases are loaded. And this lady's in front. She's sitting in front. She goes, get a home run, Mike. And I'm like, yeah, grand slams. They happen all the time. Pitch, crack, home run. She turns around. She's like, told you. <laughs> you both got lucky. Now two people got lucky around me. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, a partner oh, can Hey, look at that. Look at that happy face. Sure. My, my, my own baby wants to say <laughs> hi. <laughs> How are you? Are you having a good night? Say what yeah? You say what look you at you. We, you know what? Your dad and I are just talking nonsense. You can join us. It doesn't matter. <laughs> having fun. That's what it's all about. Hey, are you having fun? Look at that laugh and that smile. Gorgeous. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Congratulations. Hey, man. You know, actually, one of the most uncommon aspects of entrepreneurship that I'm mad that people don't talk about as much is being a dad. Yeah. I hear plenty of moms talk, but no dads and know exactly what is the stress that they are going to have. Because, you know. Dude, let's talk about have, it. We can talk about it right now. <laughs> because, you know, you got to have foresight on what society is teaching. And then you got to have your own moral compass as well. And yeah. that's something that they don't really talk about is that you know, as a heterosexual male, <laughs> no one, sorry. No, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's tough. I mean, being a dad is, um, you're the provider, right? Yep. You're, you're, you're trying to be the foundation of, of the moral ethical policies with your wife or with your significant other. And you're just, and then, and then you've got this kid that looks up to you and especially a daughter now you're shaping the role of how she sees men, a good man or a bad man, based exactly. on how you respond to problems, how you respond to, to, to celebration. You know, how much do you look at your phone or, or um, do you try to do something else while she's reading a book, mm-hmm. rocking her to sleep? All of those little things, that, that, little, that little touch point Get, you know, they don't teach enough dads that. I mean, I was lucky. My wife had a C-section. So the kid was in a bassinet on my side of the bed from the jump. Mm-hmm. Would only fall asleep holding my finger. Mm-hmm. It's the only way she'd fall asleep. I thought it was cute in the bassinet. When it came to move her to the crib, I'm laying underneath that damn crib with my finger up like this. And she's got her hand reaching out. And she's grabbing onto <laughs> it. I'm on the floor. It's great. I'm okay. Sleep. <laughs> But my favorite part also was feeding her at night, mm-hmm. 2 a.m. feeding. And I mean, 
I'm indoctrinating her with the best and the worst music of all time. <laughs> I'm sitting down with her and I'm rocking her. It's just her and I. There's no TV on. There's nothing happening. No phone. Boom. Muddy Waters. Manish Boy. To this oh, day, okay. she, wants to, she wants to take a bath. Muddy Waters. The whole album. The whole Manish Boy album. Got to hear the whole. Got to hear every song. But then also, here's the hard left turn on this. <laughs> also, I'm like Huey Lewis and the New Sports. That's the first album I ever got. Let's have some fun. And she's like, uh, okay, you know. And so, but now my like my neighbor, who I live in this little cul-de-sac area. My neighbor, he he loves Huey Lewis and the News. We've gone and seen him in concert about four years ago. And she'll come over, we'll come over, she'll play in the driveway with the dogs, draw chalk, we'll have a couple beers. And she'll be like, put on Huey Lewis in the news. And he's like, is this really happening right now? Is your daughter really asking to be on, to talk about Huey Lewis in the news right now? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's the best part about this. Absolutely the best part about this. But there's nothing better. But you know, those, tell me some about your relationship with your daughter, because I talk about it a lot. But I love it. Well, like, well, like for me, like I got my bachelor's degree from art, from okay. Corcoran College of Art and Design, George Washington University, and so practically, like, she's she. It's really funny. She sits down and she studies you, you know, but not like the ordinary kind of studying people, you know, like watching them. No, like she watches people like a probation officer watches a criminal. <laughs> at their job. <laughs> and then later on, she ends up doing what she was watching you do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and not only that, but then, like, you know, like if I'm sitting down watching, like me and my daughter, we was watching Ed, Ed, and Eddie from the 90s. <laughs> And she was actually busted. She was actually mildly more entertained by that than she was watching that Disney Puppy Dog Pals or anything else. So it's kind of so like we are we are currently building because she's two years old. Mm -hmm. This um, what should we call it? This bro mechanic. <laughs> hey man, there's nothing wrong with that. I I built a uh, a girl that's got a vocabulary when kids come over. She's like, hey, we don't jump on our ottoman in the house. My kid's like, it's an ottoman. Like, <laughs> it's right there. You should learn what it is. It's a very important <laughs> fixture. <laughs> like, huh? You know, she's uh, big on please and thank you. Real big. It's like, we had a friend come over, handed them both some treats. She took the treat out of her friend's hand and said, excuse me, but we say thank you when we get something in this house. You want to try it? I was like, all right, you're better than me. You're better than me. When I, and I think that's the ultimate goal, right? Is that the, we, we just make them better than us, that we look at our yeah. faults. And I think that's the hardest part. And this will tie this back into the movie. You know, the drunken master part, it's like, he's still, he's the master, but he's trying to push people, you know, that follow him away from his faults and at the same time be him. Mm -hmm. And that's a delicate balance, right? There's a very delicate balance of, of being great or what you think is great or whatever it may be. 
but knowing your faults and embracing them, mm -hmm. we can tie that back to where we both grew up, right? People that, well, that's how it always was. It's the 1800s, King's English is how we wrote the laws, so we're gonna stick with it, you know? <laughs> Mo Montana, that's just, that's how we do shit around here, man. We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about it, it's right there. No, no, we don't talk about that shit right there. No, 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 don't, don't talk about that. Ignore. And we need to be, you know, all we want to do is be better. Not that, I mean, I'm assuming the world's going to be a better place for our daughters. But more importantly, I want my daughter to be better at this age than I was at that age. And not just, you know, uh, mentally or physically, but emotionally. I want her to understand more, but know how to deal with it better. You know, and that's, and that's probably the best thing of martial arts, the, the one thing that I was never, um, you know, that in Montana, we just didn't have a lot of, you know, we had cowboys and we had cowboys and we had people who cut down trees and we had farmers and ranchers. Mm -hmm. But it was, it's an opportunity for us as men, especially men with daughters, to create an environment that was better, hopefully, than our childhood environment was. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's funny i'm gonna get some emails some from some people it they're always like it goes from laughs to you get so serious and sentimental and then there's a movie going on and jackie chan's drinking booze right now and <laughs> talking about how there's a better world for your daughter and blah 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 blah, blah. get back to the i'm like listen the, I don't know what your favorite part of the movie is, A and B. Calm down. All right, we're having a conversation. You're just lucky enough to listen in. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, like, to me, I think the climate. Oh, my goodness. Uh, here we go. Going to the oh, Let's go. Gallery. Let's go. Run down it. The climate is that I personally, I think people don't know their lanes enough and don't respect other people's lanes. Mm -hmm. And this era for like for me, you know, uh, I I know one here is saying about you should tell about your daughter about sexuality. I'm like, why the hell would I tell the kid that? I mean, yeah. it, 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 I mean, like I remember being an angsty teenager and being like, oh man, sex ed gonna be great. We're gonna learn a whole bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden, when you get in there, you're like, what is this? <laughs> Biology. And both you pleasing me on biology. I came here to learn about you know, man. It's just that it, it's just that having respect and understand understanding where the children are and knowing that when they get to that teenage age, yeah, there's a proper time to have the conversation, but indoctrinating them early into it is just a bit creepy to me. Yeah. <laughs> No, dude, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's weird that if I went, if I went out and I was like, hey, I'm going to get my kid a back tattoo. People be like, no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> but if I went out and said, hey, uh, my girl came up to me today and said, I want to be a boy. And so I'm starting her on hormone therapy. They'd be like, you're a good dad. <laughs> and that's bullshit to me. It is. <laughs> it's, out, it's outlandish and it's crazy. <laughs> permanent one can be removed but also it's just it's like the whimsical nature of a child the thing i learned best was everyone wants to drive a car mm -hmm. that doesn't mean they're ready to drive the car 
want and ready are two different things. When you're 18, if you still have that desire and I'm not paying the bill, you go right ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not going to disown. I'm going to support my child and what they do, and I'm going to challenge them. I think that's the other thing that people mess up on. People think that challenging someone on an idea is disrespectful. You're not honoring who they are, what they want. No, 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 no. I'm challenging you because I want you to be as firm in your beliefs as I am in mine so I can respect yours. Mm -hmm. And those things, those ideals, and, and having the patience and not being judgmental and, and having the, the respect to sit down with someone and have that conversation where they might get mad or they might get fired up. But dude, I'm not going to. I'm okay. Because I know where I'm at. And wrap it back to Baltimore and Montana. I'm okay if I'm wrong. I've been wrong a lot in my life. But I'm okay. And I don't mind changing my mind. And it might be a slow turn versus a fast turn on some things. Like two plus two is a five. All right, got it. Fast turn. I get mm -hmm. it. It's four. I'm in. But other things might be a slower turn. But in that still i'm okay with being wrong i'm okay with it well well you know man like that's another part about manhood that gets understated to understand <laughs> to, to understand when you're being human when you're being sorry when you're being human yep and when you're right and you're wrong, you got to take that accountability. But I, I just find it absolutely hilarious that a lot of that stuff, man, like, I'm not, I'm not shaming, but to be hit with those feminine principles sometimes, man, you're like, whoa, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, I hear some stuff, and I'm like, okay, um, can we talk about your childhood real quick? I, I, <laughs> it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a, it's a fair question for someone to look at me. Be like, hey man, you, you know, I'll wrap it back to, you know, we're talking about me getting crazy. I'm a little aggressive sometimes. Yeah, and then, you know, I got people who are talking like, oh, what was your childhood like? And I tell them like, oh, okay. And I'll look at them and go, it's not an excuse. It's a reality, but it's not an excuse. And it's something mm -hmm. that I work on to be a better father and a better man and a better friend every day. Cause you got to. But it's the people that recognize their faults. Embra it, it, embrace is kind of a strong word. They recognize them. They don't ignore them. What are you talking about recognize, man? Embracing it is a part of growing up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, because there is no way that someone is going to pair a lineman up with a defensive tackle that knows how to do a double move without him getting back up. You know, man, like that is ridiculous. <laughs> the quarterback gets sacked like 10 times a game, 10 times. Hey, <laughs> Tom Brady's going to find that out real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it, okay. And so, 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 you know, like I'm at the point of my manhood where I'm just like, we should call it, man. You know, man. just like that old guy and the old nigga. You know, like if stuff happens and if f if I effed up, I, I'm glad I'm just tell you I effed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is no, there is no way that that you cannot disown owning up to it because 
you know, if, you know, when you show your character, it's not trying to cover up anything. You're just being a real person. But I see, especially in business, I think you might be their authentic selves. And it can, and it's to the point that when they mess up, they just go to deny, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just saying, hey, man, I'm a, hey, man, I know this is not an excuse, but I've been having a rough week, blah, 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 blah. Okay, then that I understand on a 24 hour day basis that things constantly change. You know, just being like, like <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes the rock goes loose, sometimes he's thrown for loose, speed catches, the speed goes past, you got to catch up. That's all understandable, but it's just, you know, I think that I, I really blame it on VH1 and reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, the person could do something wrong on reality TV and just be like, I didn't do it. And you watched <laughs> it on TV, you watched it. You're like, there it is. What happened? And they go, I didn't do it. And they say it enough, you just believe it. You go back to the other person that goes, I thought I saw you do that. Like, I didn't do that. That was somebody else. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. You own the blue hoodie? I own the blue hoodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was somebody <laughs> else. But it's also, if you look at it, whether it's martial arts or sports or, uh, or business and success and failure, right? The mm-hmm. only, the, there is a harsh reality that comes when you don't own your mistakes, mm-hmm. when you don't embrace your failures. Because to your analogy of the linemen going against one another, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> you know, basketball, I play, I'm over 45 years old. I play with guys 22 years old, played it. Southwest University played at Texas A&M. They're better than me. I got a couple moves they haven't seen, but as soon as they seen them, I'm done. And I look first thing I say is I'm like, hey, respect your elders. Got years on you. And but but I also I but I like it because it shows my weakness. Mm-hmm. They know every. I don't know half their game. They're faster. They're stronger. They're better. They're more developed. They are everything better than me mm-hmm. but i want it because that makes me better and i don't mm-hmm. shy away from it i go in the post there's this there's this gentleman i play with he is six seven a monster fast as lightning and i, I will go in the post and he's like jay why are you in here like, i just got to see if i can do one thing right he's like why because I just want to do it once. I just want to do it once. I hit a three on you. Now I'm going to do a hook shot on you. Mm-hmm. He's like, a hook shot? I'm like, there we go. There's my moment. There's my moment <laughs> time. I'm not getting a rebound over you. When you want to drive past me, or I'm not going to foul you just to be a dick. But it, <laughs> I'll embrace that. And I remember when I was playing uh, a couple months ago before all this happened, probably three months ago before all this happened, a big gentleman who didn't play that well, but he was young and athletic. He broke my nose. Just boom, blood's coming down. I go and pick up my daughter. They got a little daycare center set up there. She's like, Dad, your nose is red. I'm like, Dad, don't worry about it. And he comes over and he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that's okay, man. He's like, I just, I, I'm athletic, but I don't know really how to play basketball. 
And I was just like, the first step, the first step. And what I respect is you came over here and told me that. That's, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. You said sorry, and you gave me a reason that was a legitimate reason. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters after that. It's money. Because now I know, and I'm not great. When I was in high school, I was a minute man. Coach, I'm ready. Just a minute, man. Just a minute. Sit down. Mm -hmm. Score. We're only up by 20. Jay, you can bring that score down to two in a couple of seconds. Calm down. But it made a difference in who I was because I got lucky and surrounded myself with some amazing athletes when I lived in Southern California that taught me things mm -hmm. because I didn't think I was better than I was. You know, and that's, I guess, I mean, that comes back down to humility and uh, trying to figure out not where you fit in the world, but where you're at so you know where you can go. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a crazy world, man. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, how's, uh, how's COVID treating you and the family? Personally, coming from Baltimore, living in the police state, uh, it hasn't changed that much. <laughs> it's, just, it's just back to old nostalgia. <laughs> You're like, this is Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Just a lot of Tuesdays. <laughs> Damn. So now, I mean, Under Armour's from Baltimore. They've got a, you know, uh, they've had their hits and misses, but they mm -hmm. got Steph Curry, and they've done some great basketball shoes, and um, you know they've made some magic, if you will. Uh, where's uh, for Austin here, as in the digital marketing space? Um, what's your dream gig? What do you want? What do you want to uh, embrace? What's uh, is it in uh, direct to consumer? Is it B two B? Is it Something actually, different. actually, I got a curveball for you. Please talk to me. I know me. you're going to be expecting this. Automo automotive racing and motorsports. That's what I'm looking forward to. Number one uh, spenders in digital marketing in the world is automotive. And the number one aggregators of information during um, an event is automotive. F1, as an example, for each race car, during a race, pulls a terabyte of information off of that car, each mm -hmm. car. So I like it. Because like, because like, I don't know if you're into the race and stuff, but the main guy in Maryland, he's actually from Glen Burnie, he's born getting deep. He has his own Ford, he has his own brand of Mustangs ready to already talk champion that guy i would say if i would land him and get that old baltimore maryland connection that would be it that would be my dream plan that's the dream job dude you got to email me his name i gotta look through my connections see what i got i got still i got some good connections in racing oh uh, uh, yeah but because it could because like for me like i grew up off of racing and had friends that did street racing and all of that stuff you know, what we, we, we call it? They would call us an edge gang, you know, <laughs> teenagers <laughs> with angst and edge. And, it could, and so, like, for me growing up in that automotive sports and culture to the point that I was volunteering 
at like Grand Prix and all of that stuff. I really have a hyper good feel for all of that. Nice. I, uh, my friend, I got, I got into automotive a little bit. Uh, I was with a fishing team and we were sponsored by a sunglass company. And uh, one of the gals who, um, who was also sponsored by the sunglass company was a correspondent for uh, all the Grand Prix. She was a sideline reporter for all the Grand Prix stuff. Her name is Lindsay, Lindy Thaxton, who's now a morning air person in Indianapolis, Indiana. Still a good friend of mine. Great, great gal. Very, very nice. Uh, but she got me introduced into automotive and actually introduced me to Danica Patrick and some other people. Uh, and we just always stayed in touch. She's married, got a, got a beautiful little boy. She's, she's an amazing person. Mm-hmm. But um, then I got into automotive and then, you know, Long Beach, they got that Long Beach Grand Prix. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had yeah, a buddy at a bar, like right on the track. And you, got, you had to get the big earphones, not that little tiny bullshit thing you put in your ears. I'm talking about the monsters. And they'd come by and be talking to someone. Hey, anyways, and ah, or just, you know, just this noise that rattled your rib cage. Mm-hmm. It was epic. It's addictive. <laughs> it really is. My buddy, Tim Struby, he covered, um, he covered uh, 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 Formula One and um, all automotive racing for Sports Illustrated for 20 years. Traveled all over the world. And he did, I mean, he ended up getting into like dirt bikes and doing um, the Baja 1000. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, rode, in a, he rode in a Ford Raptor for that one uh, for, for a minute. And he just, you know, I mean, he had just crazy experiences. But in all those experiences and everything that he did, it was, um, you know, it was, I got to go play. And, you know, he'd come out to Austin here and be like, oh, we're doing a Grand Prix, we're doing Formula One, we're doing this, uh, we're doing this classic Porsche race, I'm coming out, and I got to go sit and be a part and uh, be entertained, if you will, for lack of a better term. It's amazing. It's more than racing. It's art. It really is art. I do believe yeah. that. Yeah, because like when it came to the car modification and stuff, right? You know, man, I, I, I blame Fast and Furious for ruining it, for ruining the culture. <laughs> because a lot of those people have to do a lot of their own work for themselves and self-study to be their own mechanics for their own vehicles. And it has gotten to the point that now it's just like, what you would call it? What, what's, what's, what's that one brand? Um, what's that one brand? It's just like the Supreme clothing, you know? Okay. It, it's just like everybody wants to be cool and you go on YouTube, see all these YouTubers with these cars and all of this stuff, but that's not the real essence of what it actually is. I'm just going, going back to what you're saying, the understanding the art form of it. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's one thing to have all of these cool cars that everybody wants, but it's another thing to plan out a build and then build it you know, and see how the changes happen over time. Because sometimes you, sometimes people just like it in this intramural stage where it's not, you know, it's completely drivable during the day. (laughs) And you can, and you can do on the fly modification, make it fun at night. But at certain points, you know, 
I'm just saying from my experiences, you know, you can't drive an 800 horsepower car and then expect to go to the gas station and then you see your gas gauge and you're already at empty. <laughs> you know, it's just it's, Listen, when you're getting three gallons for the mile, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a monster. You got to feed the beast. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the craziness of where cars have gone from modification and building one and planning one out, understanding the power and the mm -hmm. usability to be an 18 and having dad go, oh, you want a, you want a demon? Oh, yeah, okay. Here you go. Here's 850 horsepower. And oh, and the back seat's optional for a dollar, and so is the passenger seat. That's two dollars in, so I can so I can kill all my friends, not just me, <laughs> everyone die together. I mean, these assholes, they get these cars, they go from a Honda Civic, and they're like, Dad, I know how to drive. And it's like, well, you're graduated, champ. <laughs> they got a Jeep Wrangler that's got um, you know, 725 horsepower. What? Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? That, 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 that accessibility to power that is irrational, to say the least? Well, okay. Okay, okay. so <laughs> back during the time, back in the old days, we used to have this game called Gran Turismo. Right. Oh, I know GT. Come on now. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I the already learned you? how to drive way before I went to the um, going through the driver's license process. Is um, you know how you would go past the gold license, right? You go to D C B A to S to S S, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To R. That really gave me a real respect for understanding power and understanding the setup of the car. I really don't think that this accessibility is going to help anyone in the long run. I think it's just going to jack up car insurance premiums to the point that people are going to be looking at it and wondering, like, what? Why do I got paid five hundred dollars a month? Because your car is going to wrap around a tree because it's tinfoil and a motor. The motor is worth more than anything else in there. It's the motor and the tires. And I don't think anyone, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is a true statement, but I, I'm a, once again, I'm okay to be wrong. No one understands how expensive tires are on those cars. It's more than that, actually. To me, I mean, you start roasting those tires, you get I, some... You get some 18 inch meats that are run flats and you go zipping around town a little bit. No, uh, wait, hold up, wait, hold up. I think it's worse than that. I think it's people don't, what, 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 what you gonna call it? What you call it? What you call it? <coughs> Most people don't, just like in hip hop, right? Mm -hmm. People can listen to hip hop, but people don't understand what the break dancing is or go gone to a DJ battle or any stuff like that, right? Sure. To understand the elements of hip hop. It's just like the elements of car ownership. You know, you start off with, with a crappy car. You soup it up. Real quick, you said start with a crappy car. So real quick, what was your first car? 2001 Plymouth Breeze. It was silver. My brother drove cross country for with it. And it had like a weird crumple zone problem. 
<laughs> Mine was a 1984 blue on blue on blue Chevy Celebrity. Oh, wow. <laughs> and if you went over 65, the check engine light came on and you had to pull over. <laughs> So go back to your story. Sorry, go 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 back. Go back. Okay. And so okay. and so like so like going off like that what you call it? Going off that learning thing of actually understanding your car and understanding how you like to drive, right? Mm -hmm. Just like the Gran Turismo thing. You have to understand where what do you like? Because some because you know, you may like a truck that's just a good cruiser. <laughs> True. Rather more than the Dodge Demon, and true, true. you have to understand your your style in yourself because all because all of this hype beast stuff, as we as we call it, uh, around my um, friends, is that you know you could go with the hype, but after after a while, you're going to realize how cliche you you really are at times. <laughs> You know, like, I, I, which one call it? You know, like that, that Owen Wilson, Starsky and Hutch movie, him and, um, which one call it? Him no, and Ben you. Stiller. You know, man, it just yeah. like, it's so, so, at certain points of time, you know, it's, it's nice when you're younger. It's bad when you're 40 or 14 years old, still thinking that it's cool to be that cheesy. <laughs> it's just like understanding the different parts of manhood and understanding what kind of car is really for you what do you really like but there is no understanding of that because everything is mcdonald's you know i want to i want to call 800 horsepower but did you go but do you know how to properly break that fast car nope do you know how to properly drive that fast car on the highway nope i just want to zip it by well that heightens the poker probability that you're probably going to be a bust did <laughs> you know <laughs> i had a i had a dodge challenger i had the um srt loaded up it was about 550 575 horsepower mm -hmm. no one tells you how big that hood is until you get behind the wheel no mm -hmm. one tells you that it doesn't corner. It's great on the straightaway. You can put four mm -hmm. bodies in the trunk, but you come up over a hill in the hill country and all you see is hood. You don't see like you do <laughs> when a truck or in a Honda Civic. Mm -hmm. right? I, I went from an FJ to a Dodge Challenger and I loved that car. And my daughter loved that car. She would climb in the back. She loved that car. It was fun. I mean, it got a little bit of a nightmare, right? It was, it was just too much, uh, you know, going back and forth. I mean, I don't drive. I work out of the house. Mm -hmm. So I've got this, you know, monster of a sports car that just drinks gasoline for a living. <laughs> I'm driving it, you know, once a week for 50 miles through the hill country just to get out of the house and just, just let it breathe a little bit. But, you know, no one sits down. And no one breaks down and goes, hey, that car, it's super hard to drive. Now, I'm lucky. I went through, I mean, I've had a ton of cars. I've had, let me see if I can rattle them all off here. I had the 84 Chevy Celebrity. 
-hmm. I had a 1984 Nissan Maxima four-door, and the car talked to me, right door ajar. Yes, <laughs> are on. Uh, I had a 79 Chevy Suburban. Uh, I had an 84 Honda Accord hatchback. Then after that, I had a Mitsubishi Eclipse, a 1997 Mitsubishi Eclipse, black with tan leather interior. Uh, after that, let's see, after the Eclipse, what did I drive after that? A move to Portland. Ooh, I had a 67 convertible Cadillac that was tan on tan on tan. We called it UPS because it always delivered. That thing would start up, but you would rev it. It rock side to side because it had the uh, gas the gas shocks. <laughs> it was, it was a and you want to try to talk about stopping? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, it was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> I got rid of that. I had an Isuzu Trooper. And then I got a Cadillac Escalade. I got rid of the Escalade. I had a um, Nissan Altima the sport edition uh that went i mean for the time it went fast it was like 325 horsepower people were like oh my gosh um shoot uh oh then i had an 85 lifted jeep wrangler with no doors just a windshield and a bikini top i drove that from newport beach to montana 22 hours in that thing i love I, I pissed blood i, I was I, my kidneys thought i got into a fist fight with somebody it was brutal, absolutely brutal. And then I got a Mini Cooper, John Cooper S series with the extra wide run flat tires. Uh, got rid of that, got the FJ, got the Charger, and now I have a Dadmobile, a Nissan Pathfinder. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on in kids, we're going for a trip to the supermarket. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, but see, see, after all of that variety, the Charger did not come in until way later, and that's what I'm talking about. Right. See, see? <laughs> because it could, because for me, on the most part, like I love rally racing, and to the point that it's a uh, art to me. I know all the techniques and know how to do it. However. Nice when you're on the road it's a whole different story especially sharing the road with other people <laughs> because you know because you know if you drive if you drive like you do on on gta online where road is road it's a lot of problems sure and until now ain't nobody on the road now go crazy yeah that, that there ain't nobody on the road now, but Austin still has this mysterious way of giving you tickets through the mail. Oh, you thought you was going fast, huh? <laughs> well, guess what? See you at the courthouse, and you're like, what? Oh, my gosh, they caught me. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, shit. Watch out, people. The, 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 the cameras are out. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, but, you know, it's just that uh, it just... Understanding, just that's the word. Understanding the rights of passage. There you go. Sure, I like that. I like that a lot. Understanding the rights of passage when it comes to manhood, 
cars, women, you got to understand the rights of pass. The rights especially, of pass. Yeah, especially in business as well. It's all about rights of passage. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, and I'll, I'll bring it back to the movie, right? I mean, the rites of passage and, you know, people see Jackie Chan doing all this crazy stuff. And that's amazing. But I wish he would do a documentary and show the rites of passage of what he went through, of what he did to get to where he's at. Because you don't walk onto the stage. You don't go off the street and you're like, I'm a motion picture star. Lights, camera, action. Shut up. You don't walk out and never touch the glove, never gotten hit across the face and go, I'll win any fight. Mm. No, 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 no. It just doesn't happen. You know, it is that rite of passage. It is that idea of, to your point about ladies and, you know, listen, man, you just learn from the people around you how to properly talk to a woman, learn how to treat them right. And know that when they respect that, that they've got a good father that treated them correctly, that showed them respect, that showed them love and honor and, and how to love themselves for who they are. You know, it's whether you're a, a confident martial artist, a confident driver, or a confident woman, you have one thing around you. You've gone through A, rites of passage, and B, you've surrounded yourself with people that are going to tell you when you're doing something wrong and celebrate you when you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And I think a lot of people miss that, right? They yeah. whiz bang idea and they're like, man, just put me at the top. The top? What's the top? What, what but honestly, what's the top? You know, where what, what what's the best? What's the top? Where's it at? For you know, your top is different than my top because you are looking at automotive and and <clears throat> and I'm looking at, you know, man, I got 10, 12 years. I got I'm gonna retire soon. I gotta I gotta work on my golf yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. what's the you know, it's so it's it's also it's about knowing that drive and that direction, you know. Um what uh in, in this time like this right now, right, where a Jackie Chan you know, uh, funny in this movie, he gets up and, you know, he's drinking every chance he gets and just so he can do <laughs> his wine kung fu. He's got, you know, you got, you got the, uh, the original drunken master, right? You had the, mm-hmm. the brew kung fu and you had the wine mm-hmm. kung fu. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, but as, as a, as a entrepreneur, as, as a, as a young man who's got a family and, and everything else and we're, you know, you're like, oh, this is kind of like Tuesday in Baltimore, but what keeps you motivated to uh, to drive forward? You know, get up in the morning, whether it's as simple as making breakfast or going and doing a workout, um, to you know, hanging out with your daughter. But what um, what keeps the energy? Oh 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 oh! I'm not in Baltimore. I'm I'm living right here. South no, Baltimore. I know you live right here now, but I'm saying like <laughs> going back. Like, you made the joke like this is like a Tuesday in Baltimore. Yeah, and I know you're here well, in Austin now. Uh, well, like, well, like someone said this thing. I think it was Tim Ferriss, but there's also a lot of hip hop references, you know. You know when they said uh, "ish" was bad just a week ago, <laughs> you know. 
I can't, you cannot go any lower than what you already have experienced. Sure. And, and you know, if, you know, if stuff falls through, you know, man, it can, can, you know, it, everybody has a certain mentality basis that they know that they can go back to. For instance, you know, you can, you can hit your Montana ignorance and say, and look at stuff and say, man, we ain't going to talk about that. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. <laughs> oh, I got a story for you real quick. Let me tell you this, Montana. So my, my daughter and I are walking to, uh, to go get some frozen yogurt last summer. We're walking along. And I'm holding her hand. And we're about a mile away from the frozen yogurt shop. I'm like, we're going to walk. We're going to earn our frozen yogurt. She's five. She doesn't need to earn frozen yogurt. She's five. I'm old and fat. I got to earn my frozen yogurt. And we're walking along. And she goes, hey, dad, where's all the semen? And I said, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what? She goes, where's all the semen? I go, honey, have you been watching TV with your mom? What's, well, I don't, you've been watching like Dateline? She goes, no. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, you know, all the stuff like this. I go, cement? She goes, yeah. How come it's not there? I go, that's asphalt. This is cement. She goes, yeah. Why are we, why are we walking on semen? I go, no, honey. Se you know what? We're not going to talk anymore. We're just going <laughs> to. <laughs> I'm going to go Montana ignorance. We're not talking anymore. When we get to the <laughs> shop, you have whatever you want. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> It, it, could, it could, but the main thing that keeps me going is that, you know, everyone has a choice, and you cannot go back to how bad you were doing before. You can only go worse than what you have, what you already have done before, but things can be correct. So you never know because a lot of stuff is temporary. You know, you can be in the best spot now. And learn to learn and grow, and then you can be a different spot six months from now. Sure. So it's and so just I would say coming from my art experience as well, learn to live life because it gives you more content and things to bounce back. Okay. I like that. I mean, you know, I um I get up each day, and it's funny. I'm up. I'm the last person to go to the bed. I'm the first person up. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like the calmness at night, and uh, and I like the uh, the calmness in the morning. Get a cup of coffee, grab the dog, feed him, hang out, play some solitaire because I'm an old man. <laughs> but you know, just a, a one of a card game. So, but it starts my day off positive mindset. And mm -hmm. then I, you know, I look at my calendar and I think about the stuff I want to do and the people I want to reach out to. And, uh, and then I'm like, okay, well, it'll work out for sure. I want to make sure I get that in, do a 15 mile bike ride, do some push ups and some sit ups and call it a day. And then it's like, all right, well, now I'm teaching because my kid's out of school and my wife teaches as well. So she kind of handles the reading and the writing. And then I do the science and the math. So I'm mm -hmm. looking up online, like, hey, what makes shit explode? Let's <laughs> just, you're six. Let's, Let's let's do a underwater volcano. So, I, you know, but it's it's those things that you know you look back and to your point, like you, you 
you don't, if you have the mindset where I'm going to regress, right? Or you have that mindset where it just, man, I'm just going to look at the negative versus this is what I got in front of me. It's the positive. I'm going to build off of this. I'm going to look at my network and my people. It could be Rally Austin. It could be something as silly as this. Mm -hmm. That's the shining moment, right? So you grab onto it and it's, it's sometimes it's simple. You know, I mean, I will put a list of things I want to do during the day and everything might not get accomplished, but mm -hmm. getting up, making my daughter laugh and having a cold beer always gets accomplished, <laughs> right? Those are checked off. They're good, mm -hmm. right? She had a good day. I had a good day. You know, uh, we, we went through the day and there's some, there's some shitty things that'll happen in the middle, but at the end of the day, I mean, like, I can't get caught up in that, you know, uh, and I don't want to, but I don't want to, not because I want to ignore bad things. I'm not trying to avoid it, but because there's still good things. I had a friend reach out and go, Hey man, are you okay? Like, is everything good? I said, listen, I got food. I got smiles. Got a home. I'm great. And I am, and that's not me trying to, bullshit someone i am i got those things I got, I got people around me who love me i got you uh, you know who want to do the podcast i got this friend who reached out on, on a text message and asked if i was okay i'm good i'm winning right now i'm ahead of the game i'm ahead of the curve i feel bad for the people that can't go to a meeting i feel bad for the people that went to maybe uh, group therapy for uh, mental health or, you know, yep. I feel bad for them. Where's their outlet? Where's their, their outlet is not a healthy outlet. Drugs, alcohol, sex, um, you know, bad thoughts in their brain. Those are the people that are missing that train a little bit, right? And those mm -hmm. are the people that are also hurt in, the, in what's going on. And those are the people where I reach out and I'm like, hey, if you struggle with something, call me. Just call. I don't care. Call. You might not like what I have to say. <laughs> hey, you have someone to talk to. <laughs> it's better than what you got now. Maybe. I don't know. You might, you might ask for someone else's phone number while you're on the phone with me, but that's okay. I'm not getting my feelings hurt. And I just want the best for people. You know, um, this is a, these are difficult times for some. And there's some uh, who it's, it's difficult for, but they just handle the blows better, right? Yeah. Well, Jordan, I see that in you. You got a positive energy. You got a great, you got a, you got a great demeanor about you that just says, yeah, well, okay. But I got a beautiful daughter. Mm -hmm. I got my house. I got my place. I got I got dreams and aspirations. And there's not a dark enough day to dampen those things. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, it's just that what you wanna call it. Anybody, it doesn't matter which race, religion, culture, economic group you're in, economic class, everybody can have a bad day. Sure. <laughs> You're gonna. Hey, listen, we're all gonna have bad days. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's just all to the point that, you know, 
as uh, as I said before, you know, if you and just like you were alluding to, if you know what makes you tick, <laughs> and if you know what you got, what's the things you hold dear most? There ain't nothing that can really hurt you. It's just that I'm just sad that what you call it. I I grew up in a very what you call it in a very almost old school Christian kind of household that when you know Proverbs well, I know people talk about, oh God, all that. But if you don't, if you do not believe in the Bible, that's one thing. But if you at least can read Proverbs and understand what makes a wise man fool, you good. <laughs> I agree. Listen, as a, you know, my mouth doesn't show it. My beer drinking doesn't show it. I was a pastoral ministries major in, in college. Mm-hmm. And I have, I, you know, and I've, I've got a lot of pastor friends that are way smarter than me that I ask some crazy questions to, and and they answer, and mm-hmm. I'm lucky. But I agree with you. It's not a listen. Take the other books aside. You can call them fantasy fiction. You can call them whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you believe. But you can grab that book of Proverbs. You can read that. You're going to be a better friend. You're going to be a better business person. You're going to be a better father. This is not an order, obviously. You're going to be a better father, a better husband. You're going to be a better person walking around planet Earth. You're just going to be better. And it doesn't have to do with, you could take that and put it and say it's Khalil Gibran's poems. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. That book it transcends religion, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's just solid advice. <laughs> solid advice. Hey, be better. Don't gossip. Like, don't <laughs> gossip. Don't shut up. Don't gossip. Don't follow a fool down a road. Huh? Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. Don't follow a fool down the road. And you can take that book and you can put it in any boardroom, in any place, anywhere you want to. Build cars. Read Proverbs. Those have to do, there's no mechanics in Proverbs. No, but you're going to look at the solution of how you get to your end goal a little more efficiently and with a better attitude. Mm-hmm. That's a great insight, man. I love that. That's all you. Well, no, okay, okay, uh, okay. Well, well, because I know it's the current scope of things how people view things but i'm just saying that the if i the book that helped build my mindset mentality the most proverbs and, i'm glad it wasn't deuteronomy <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh uh what you call it i think first chronicles was the one that killed me <laughs> that was, that was, I, I was going through that when i was like yo yo this is a <laughs> massive web Oh, all springs right here. <laughs> Hold on. Boop, 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 boop. Let's go back to Proverbs real quick. <laughs> no, it's true. You could cut that out, make it a leaflet, put some, put some, put a different, you know, cover on it. And people would be like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird? And now this is off topic. And it doesn't, and I don't want to pick on Christians. But um, I'll pick on religion in general. Religious people ruin the best intent of the wisdom 
oh of what God. people are trying to pass down. Okay. Oh, okay. So I went to a I went to a private Baptist school. So oh, okay. So you went to private Baptist. I went to Assembly of God. Yeah. We're in, we're paddling down a boat. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. Okay. There you go. All right. So I know people are listening to this. So I want to choose my words very, very. Get after heavy. it, man. Just get after it. It's okay. Just open up. It's all good. Most of the stuff that's being taught today is definitive paganism being coded as Christianity. I know for a fact that there are certain translations of the Bible that do not really reinforce the conditions of the Old Testament to the New Testament, even if you include the Apocrypha in it. Sure. The, because historically speaking, you're not supposed to make love to a goat. And for some odd reason. <laughs> it's a weird thing, right? <laughs> For some odd reason, there's the things that they said do not do in order to be spiritually safe. Because one of the main things about it as a person during this time frame, we have all of this technology, we have all of this stimulus that we get high off of, is that we don't know, we do. Our ancestors were way better at guarding themselves, guarding their own spirits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm guarding their own person, then we, uh, I wouldn't say we, I would say then a huge majority of the population. Sure. I agree. And, it can, it can, and when you don't guard your spirits, it's just like off of the, just like what they say off, I think it's Isaiah. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I'm going to be mad at myself. I'm going to have to go back all, all over my stuff. Um, like they say in Isaiah or, or Proverbs, do not let your good deeds mislead you because you can be still led to a path of, of iniquity due to the acts that you do. And it's not all about acts. Just because you're a good person, you're doing philanthropy, and then yet you're drinking booze, talking, talking to hookers, hanging out at the club, you know, <laughs> you know. It doesn't really make you a good, a good or better person because you're not judged by your acts because you're validated by your spirit and with the most high seeds in your heart. Sure. No, I think it's a, um, I think that what, uh, what happens and what we see uh, in the world today and what's taught, uh, two things. One, there's no historical perspective. Yeah, uh, there's an understanding the language of the history of what it meant, you know, to say that Jesus uh, hung out with women and children. You're like, yeah, it's cute. It's like, no, no, you don't understand how women were thought of and how children were thought of at the time. Mm -hmm. Or that Jesus didn't hang out with just Jews. He hung out with Gentiles and how they were looked at from the Jewish people. People don't look at the historical understanding of it, the power of the words of what it meant to how he extended himself. Right. And then also, I don't think people look historically, I don't think pastors look historically and can embrace certain things. Um, <clears throat> I brought this up to a pastor friend of mine. Uh, 
you know, uh, when um, when Romans was being written, and uh, during that time, and you've got you know you've got the the apostles, and they're they've got the prayers, and they are they're the birth of Christianity, and the book is written as if the prayer of these twelve or fourteen or twenty two people in this room that brought in more people, and they're praying day and night that birth Christianity, mm-hmm. and that is a great idea, and I'm not against that process or saying that that should be disregarded however there was an intricate road system and there was an intricate way of communication that had never existed before and during Mm -hmm. that same time christians were slaves in pompeii and they were sex slaves and they were slaves for cleaning and they were slaves (laughs) yeah they're human trafficking right and they and they told the story of sodom and gomorrah to the people of pompeii and that this is a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. And then what happens? The volcano goes boom. Now, is it that some people were in a room praying, and I'm not saying it has to be an either or, but I'm saying is it people in the room praying? Is it people remembering their history and sharing their faith and their idea? Or is it both of those and then a volcano explodes and destroys a city in seconds. And an intricate road system allows for people to escape and share what happens. And 10 years later, Rome is Christian. Mm-hmm. Now, not understanding history or not knowing how to tie things together to connect the dots makes the ignorance of what could be a beautiful faith look even more ignorant well look, look out of touch well okay well um most romans believed in mithras and mithraicism yes that's a common thing that a lot of people did not know at the time because you know constantine was on top of the Byzantine Empire at that time, and mm-hmm. and and they took a lot of Constantine's ideals, and then they said, "Oh well, then for our, our Mithraicism, shouldn't we just mix them with Christian and just change it up the birth dates and stuff?" And then you know, <laughs> obviously, what you said comes into factor, but I think it's deeper than that. I think that. Talk to me. I like this. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that those who believe in the most high and those who walk in faith, who are steadfast in their faith, just like it says in his words, he will reveal things. And some, sometimes people might sound crazy, but their four warnings are only there to tell, are only there to tell those who listen. Because, you know, when Jesus came down, he said, everybody is fair. Huh, okay. However, you have it's a whole different level of understanding and comprehension as mm-hmm. as people who deeply understand the word and understand when the most high gives judgment, it ain't fun. <laughs> it ain't fun. It ain't no coach's challenge. It ain't no up for booth for replay review. Sure. 
it's 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 not only that because because you know in Pompeii they was doing human trafficking they was doing all of this horrible, horrible. stuff and then all of a sudden the volcano erupts when they were so confident that it wasn't I mean they were so confident they built they built on it that thing's smoking <laughs> and they're like I got this like, I mean the arrogance of Pompeii we laugh at. And yet we got Yellowstone Park and we're like, let's turn this volcano into a park. It's going to be cute for the kids. <laughs> it's been cute for 200 years. <laughs> right? Yeah, but, yeah. By the way, this is my favorite part of the podcast. This is my favorite part. The movie has literally just ended. We've maybe touched on it a couple of times. Maybe. Beginning, some fight scenes, boom, we're out. Mm -hmm. But it, what it evolves into, the conversation we're having now, this is, this is the best part about this, because this is real life. This is how people who didn't know each other two hours ago, almost, right, mm -hmm. are getting to know each other. And we're being open and we're talking about fatherhood and our kids and religion, the things that quite honestly, in the vulnerabilities of life, we're not supposed to talk about. We're supposed to be stoic. We're supposed to be sitting here and, and, and not, not touch the tepid waters because we don't know each other that well. We're not supposed to address racism in Baltimore or ignorance in Montana because we don't know each other that well. And here we are, less than, a little less than, uh, you know, a couple minutes less than two hours in, and we're, we're, we're head deep, we're in the deep end of the pool and enjoying a conversation. This it's the whole point of this is also just not to hear us bump our gums. People need to take notes that you can have a conversation with someone you don't know that well or don't know at all, learn from them, want to have another convert, you know, all of those great things, mm -hmm. all of those great things. And I think we forget that because we're told you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about sex, you don't talk about politics. If you're a dad, you don't talk about mistakes, you don't talk about emotion, and you just keep it on the, you know, and talk about cooking, grilling, good. You want to have a cocktail? Great. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right? You want to complain about your wife? Let's we'll complain about the wives. Let's do it. And that's where it begins and ends. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the encapsulation of everything I wanted from this podcast from the day one, mm -hmm. you know, um, learning from someone, hearing their insights, getting to understand a little more about them, getting them to understand a little more about, about me. And, you know, it's, it's one of those great things that I think we've lost because we, we put up, my buddy, Mike Geary said this best. He goes, you know, religion taught us this. There's rules that God made. And then we put a barrier around those rules. We said, we're going to make these rules so you don't break his rules. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to make rules outside of those rules. So if you don't break these rules, you don't break these rules, you don't break his rules. And we just kept building it out. Yeah. And we've and done that in the way we communicate. And it's wrong. And to the point that it's on the 104.3C, 
non-profit organizations are not supposed to talk about <laughs> politics, religion, or anything like that. Right? <laughs> I mean, we picked a 90-minute movie and we're, we're, we're burning, we're, we're, you know, 10 minutes at the end of that's credits. But this is, this is what it's about. And, it, you know, and I don't want people to miss that point because people miss it sometimes. They go, oh, you didn't talk about my favorite part of the movie. And I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know your favorite part of the movie. But they do come here, hopefully, to learn how to talk. And I don't mean that condescendingly. Mm -hmm. But I mean that as learn how to talk. Learn how to embrace people. You got, we got her. Is she back? Oh, yeah, she's back. Yes. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh, get over here, girl. Can I get a wave? Can get a wave? Can wave? Can I get a wave? Hi. Can I get a high? That's what I'm talking about. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. What? That is awesome. That is just, kids are the best. Not everyone should have them, but kids are the best. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's true. But, but, you know, it's just that the part about it is that when people have real friendships, that's not artificial. Mm -hmm. People are just a one phone call away. No matter what is you're standing with them, they will always call and they will always give you a good laugh. But also, as a part about maturity, is that you got people that just just going to disagree with you. But I think that we have turned, due to the guidelines and parameters, they have turned a lot of rational people to irrational. Sure, you know, yeah. you know, at my job, I cannot say this or else we'll lose funding. Goodness gracious! So, so that means that you have to say it. Well, which is, but you know, it's just, I would say it's a very weird time, very strange time, because the political correctness has really destroyed culture. And, you know, one of the, what you call it? It was, it was this old CIA declassified document I was reading in school about how to demoralize a society is first by changing the language. Then when you change the language, you change your people's customs and how they interact with each other. And this is going along those same lines of saying that there are real humans out here <laughs> who have legitimate conversations that don't have no foul intent towards you. But to be stuck inside the structural mystique of things. Just save it for the birds, man. Save it for the birds. <laughs> because, because, in, because in quarantine and what's going on and when it ends, I really think that since these activities have lasted more than 30 days, some of this is going to be ranked in our culture now. Sure. And it's, and it's to the point of how are you going to have a real conversation again? <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. And, it, you know, it's, it's funny. And this, you know, it, and I've seen this happen. And I've been guilty of it in the past, but I've seen this happen a lot, right? People get in conversations 
and because they can't physically see each other text or you know just phone call something gets said and someone gets mad they get to hang up and that's a dangerous that's a dangerous habit especially in this time right now where you can't see one another you hang up i'm gonna hang up i don't want to talk to you anymore and guess what the beauty of quarantine is Boop. end conversation i'm out and mm -hmm. you don't you don't get a go back to the car analogy right you don't get a reading on the engine you're running mm -hmm. hot champ you're running hot and you're not addressing your faults and when someone points it out you just get a hit hang up or you misread a text message and you don't <clears throat> understand my, my friend Lori siegel at uh, formerly at cnn does dot dot media she only does voice messages on text or video text it's all she does because she wants people to understand what she's saying she wants mm -hmm. them to engage with her and know that words on a screen are different than tone right mm -hmm. that that a face behind it is different than a voice and she had some expert on i forget who the person is i apologize but he said uh, there's bots out there that are creating engagement with people right now especially during this time making you feel good hey i know you like this song they're reading you they're ai but it's the most dangerous the most dangerous thing that can affect society now the most dangerous thing is that these bots could turn on you and make you depressed and depression mm -hmm. will shut down a society and interaction faster than any government action will and it destroys and starts to rot at your core I mean, you said it best, you can have a bad day, but as soon as you let that bad day run your life, as soon as that bad day starts owning you and it starts eating away at you and you let that cycle repeat, that's, that's the scary part. That's where you get back to engagement and talking to people and being okay to be wrong and listening yeah and because go ahead because what should we call it because like i don't care what people say what to think about this statement because as controversial as it is when it's inside the word you can check it as many times as many translations no matter what i have read it says that uh, I, I hate using the word God, but it sounds bad. But the Most High will test you, and the devil will test you on behalf of the Most High just to see if you're ready. <laughs> it's true. I think people think that if they like the devil, they're going to win the lotto. <laughs> they don't realize that that's not the game. <laughs> The illusion of where you sit is different than the reality of where you sit, and they can both be horrible. Mm -hmm. The difference is, is if you know where you sit, you can get out of it, A, or you can just change your purview, right? And just embrace it and be like, it's not that bad, because you always find something worse, right? So, <laughs> that's true. Right? I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. I wish it was. I wish it was something that, that was super technical and hard and difficult and just bam, bam, bam. I wish. It's not, man. It's not. No. 
No, because like most people forget that evil protects evil, and yeah. good protects good. <laughs> and if your good's not protecting your good, then you might want to reinvest in the good that you're investing in. You're not investing in good. <laughs> Self-explanatory. <laughs> it had to be said because if people like, hold on a second, I met a good person and they're not good to me. Okay. Let's re let's just reset, <laughs> you know, let's run through it. Let's run through it. Hey man, listen, I have thoroughly enjoyed and loved this conversation. Um, I would love to have you back as a guest. Uh, we're going to do a car movie next time. We're going to do Fast and the Furious and we're going to make fun of every fast thing and every furious thing. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> or, or we can do- The first uh, one is so or, funny. I'll tell you what, I'll, you what, we're gonna, we, I'll give you your choice. We're going to do this in the next couple of weeks, but let's do one or two, all right? We do a car movie, or we go we go deep dive, and we do a religious film. Okay. Don't have to say it now. Okay. But think about you it. Choose. You oh, choose. Oh, you want me you to choose? choose? All right, yeah, I'm I will choose. choose. I'll shoot you an email later, and uh, and we'll, we'll put it on the books, okay? But Jordan, okay. Th- listen, I say this to everybody. I started saying this a lot more. Um, we are, we are going to make money and lose money. We're going to buy bananas. They're going to go bad. And guess what? We're going to be able to go out and buy more bananas. Uh, you're going to mow the lawn. It's going to grow back. But the one thing that we don't get back is time. We never get it back. Uh, so I am, I'm always honored and humbled that anyone that wants to spend time with me uh, to, um, to hang out <clears throat> and have a fun conversation. Um, and a deep conversation. I mean, we started out with laughs and everything else, and we went a little serious and went laughs and went serious and everything in between. But uh, please know, it's it's always humbling to me that someone wants to spend this much time talking with me. So I really do appreciate mm-hmm. it very, very much, very mm-hmm. much. And and with that, we're gonna end with my favorite part of every podcast that I was lucky enough to record, which was my daughter walking out at three sitting down across in this in this in this patio sat across from me and she sang about the first time she took a poop by herself and that's (laughs) how this podcast ends so i appreciate (laughs) you i thank you very much and i look forward to talking to you again all right then we'll do we'll do my friend be good thank you very much all right then we'll we'll see you in the next couple weeks and keep on being a great dad and a great believer in Christ. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You as well. Do the same. Okay. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye.